When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Stand by for action. Showtime. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Ready. ready? This is the Bob and Jeff Show starring Jeff Lutz. The streets might fish out of water in a world he never made. I don't grill. I don't cook out. I don't sear. I don't season, I don't oh. braise. I know that makes me less of a man in some people's eyes, but it's just I don't know how to do it. I don't know what that is, man. Hey, cool, cool, baby. Don't tell me. In Jason Duda, for today anyway. Because we call bacon bacon. The Americans have Canadian bacon. We call it ham. I totally don't know what that means, but I want it. 97.5 in 1240 KFH. What kind of a show are you guys putting on here today? Good afternoon and welcome. It is Bob and Jeff on KFH Radio. Is it Bob? Is it Jeff? Is it Bob? Will it be Bob? Jason? <laughs> you, you answer. I wasn't sure where we were going with that. Um, obviously, we didn't go over the uh, the show before the we show not started. Go over the show. So Maybe I, we should do that. I didn't realize that I was supposed to jump in there. I thought you were... Doing something that Jeff does. Well, will we hear from Bob today? That is the big question because while he. It's funny you said the big question. Did I say that? Yeah. I thought I just said the question. The big question. That's the big question today because he has been discharged from a Kansas City area hospital. He has been on the road toward Wichita. Has he arrived in Wichita? Is he here? Don't know. I don't know. We don't know where he is. I don't know. I, I'm not allowed to keep that close track of him. We do know someone who will be here, hopefully momentarily, unless they uh, they bailed on us, which, you know, I, I just interviewed this person. so There's a he, better chance now that he will bail if on If he you. decided that, hey, I don't, want, I don't really feel like putting up with this guy again, uh, I guess I get it. And oh, that, I get it, and I wasn't even there. Well, that was it. Was a fun interview, and I'll put was it, it out. Uh, I'll put it out next week on Spotify. Hopefully, we'll have some uh, video elements to it to put out on uh, Channel 12's website and social media. But the person we're talking about, formerly known as the Big Show in WWE, now he's just Paul White. That's his name. That's what he's going by. He's in AEW, All Elite Wrestling. They are coming here. Um, major wrestling promotion. Uh, fledgling, only about five years old. So uh, they'll be here next Saturday for their TV show Collision, and Paul White is going to be a part of that in so, some form or fashion. Wouldn't you say he went by Paul White, then he went by the big show, then he went back to Paul White? No, he went first by the Giant. Well, what was his name when he was here? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Of course it was Paul White. Exactly, Jeff. But, but he wasn't known as Paul White. He was a he was a college basketball player, and uh, uh, played at Wichita State, and at a time where that program was not very good, and uh, he was not a household name. He became a household name when he went over to WCW as the Giant. Gotcha. Okay? Then he went over to WWE and was briefly known as Paul White. So I guess. Uh huh. And then he was kind of like the Big Show, Paul White, and then he was just the Big Show. Now he's Paul White. But people know him as Paul White now. When you say Paul White, that there's a there's something. You know what I'm saying? They know where you're at when you just say they, Paul White. Is that like, where you're going? Is that where we're they're going? They're not here? just like, who's that? And I'm waiting. Because I hope they show up. And by they, I mean Paul White. He's as big enough, he's as big enough to be two people. 
But is he coming by himself, or is he bringing somebody with him? Someone's bringing him. Well, I would when, think so. When it's Paul White, Paul White doesn't. He's not a tag along. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't bring somebody with him. No. Someone brings Paul White. I see. I see. Thank you for explaining all this to me. Does it make sense? It makes does almost it, total sense. Does it feel like I'm just killing time because I thought he'd be here five minutes ago? It basically tells me that you're waiting for him to get here, and he's yeah. not quite here yet. We do uh, have an, uh, an entire show today. No. We are building it around, certainly, the time we get to spend with uh, Paul White, FKA The Big Show, but we have more going on. What? It's a big, uh, it's a big Friday night in high school football. It is? It's a huge Friday night. It's the opening round Isn't of the playoffs. Isn't it playoffs? Our friends at Moundridge, who we uh, talked with their coach yesterday, uh, you, you remember him. Uh, yeah, I was here, Jeff. Um, they won. They beat uh, Attica Argonia handily. I think it was like 66-20. So we're good luck, and we're going to try, perhaps, to extend some of that good fortune to the Marion Warriors, I believe is their nickname. Uh, we'll have the Marion coach on. His name is Sean Kraft. Sean Kraft. Marion is uh, a one-loss team. They lost their last game of the season to Sedgwick. They play in the uh, playoffs tonight, and uh, we'll talk with Sean Kraft. Well, there you go. We'll also talk, Jason, with Joanna Chadwick. No. What, what are you distracted by over there? I'm making I Because I was told that Mays won last night. Mays didn't play last night, did they? Yeah, they played Goddard last night. Mays beat Goddard? Goddard? Well, that was the rumor. We were at a, a tennis banquet for Avery last night, and as some of the girls, they started it early so they could get over to the game. And when they were leaving, they're like, hey, we're winning. By God, Mays beat Goddard. And Mays beat Goddard That last was the night. only 5A game in the state last upset night. Upset last night. And uh, I kind of feel bad about that. That's an upset. I'm a, I'm, I was kind of a Goddard guy this year with Tommy Beeson, but they come in. Uh, to Goddard, one of my adopted hometowns, uh, along with Cheney, Andale, and Garden Plain. So get, you just kind of pick kinda, them all? I kind of claim all of those. Yeah. Where do you think Paul White is? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's thinking to himself, I already did an interview with this guy. But he gets to talk to you. He gets a Oh, that would be exciting. He gets I mean, a surprise. I'm sure Paul's sitting there thinking, man, I get to talk to Duda. He gets a surprise Who's visit Duda? from Bob Lutz. When I, when I, I don't want to, I hate even bringing this up, but it is a fact, and it's going to come out eventually. When I, on the previous interview for Channel 12, told Paul White that I was Bob Lutz's son, he went crazy in a, in a, in a flattering way for Bob and in an absolutely shameful way for me. Really? That must be them. I hear some doorbells. Oh, so you're feeling a little better now? But yeah, it was uh, it was Paul White. Once I told him I was Bob Lutz's son, he loosened up. He started being playful and fun and having a good time with it. It was it was so. It is was that, interesting. Is that all we got to do now? Is throw Bob's name out there? I guess so. And people was, will like us because I find that really hard to believe in every situation I, I get into. I told Mr. White that it was the first time that being Bob Lutz's son had worked to my benefit. <laughs> okay, now yeah, thank you for but, making my uh, point. But he really once once that was out. He did, he, even when I said I lived next door to his nephews, he was like, oh, yeah, really cool. That's, that's great. And also, Paul, I was Bob. You're Bob Lutz's son? It was like that. He recorded a video for Bob. No. He, uh, yeah, he's well with He wants to go out to lunch with Bob. I hope I get to go to that. Well, I don't know. I'd I'll... like to be involved in the lunch. I'll ask Paul when he gets here if, if I'm invited. If you're allowed to go? Yes. Well... How disappointed are you going to be when he says, no, I just need to talk to Bob for a while? Maybe he will, but I'd like to at least be a fly on the wall I mean, in that conversation. There, there is that chance that that could actually happen, right? There's a good chance. There is obviously a good chance because that's just the way it works. And here he is. Hi, guys. That's it's Paul White. Hey, Paul. Jason Duda, good nice to meet you. you. Good to see you again. Thanks, guys. Did you just call him Dudes? I said, yeah, I did say Dudes, actually. Because that's his nickname. Is it really? His last name is Duda. Oh. Absolutely. See, well, see, it comes naturally. Yeah, it does. What's it's up, easy. Dudes? And his nickname is Dudes. That's, That's amazing. Funny. This is Paul White. I'm going to have you throw your headset on because... I'm, tr- I'm trying. I'm trying. Take trying. your time because... Uh, I, I still, I'm still vibing about Haley Tucker telling me I'm not seven feet tall. I don't know. Are you? Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> 
I've seen. You know what? Stand up. You two stand up, and I'll make the decision. Because Jeff, you're gonna look like an idiot in a minute. Right, right now, Paul, we have a special guest on the phone line for you. Okay. What am I doing here? Hey, Paul. Hey, Bob. Hey, Paul. It's your it's your old friend Bob Lutz. Sorry. Hey, Bob. How are you, man? (laughs) I knew that was you. I recognize your voice. What a deal, man. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I uh, We're very appreciative that you stopped by the studio. Can't wait for next Saturday night. Um, I do want to ask you, of course, I was a beat writer for Wichita State basketball when you played there. Right. And the, the team wasn't great, but you were, uh, you were phenomenal. <laughs> and it was so much fun to cover you and those guys. Well, uh, when, did, when did it first enter your brain? that professional wrestling could be a viable option for you? Well, I had two heavy influences at Wichita State (laughs) back then that told me I should consider professional wrestling. One of them was Xavier McDaniel, and the other one was a beat reporter for Wichita State University, (laughs) a guy by the name of Bob Lutz. (laughs) And you kind of scoffed at that originally, but you've been a natural for this. Well, from the time you were a kid, so UNX knew that I, UNX knew that I had the talent to be a show off and uh, have enthusiasm, and I was a good athlete. So uh, that led into a great career in professional wrestling. I'm, I'm very happy that you guys saw something in me that I didn't see at the time. But it's funny how life turns out. Sometimes you just go, oh yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, at 20 years old, it didn't make sense to me. I think I was the one who told Bob to tell you that, hey, this guy. So right. Oh, so he's... <laughs> shut up, Jeff. Yeah, thank you very credit. much. Yeah, just tell hey, Jeff to shut hey, up. Paul. This, <laughs> Paul, you might as well be here all the time, because we say this like 20 times every show. Here's the dynamic between Jeff and me. He's going to try to top me every time and always fail. Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of like the... It's kind of like a bad Xerox copy of a fine piece of art. You know, you're going to kind of get that's what it's supposed to you be. You too, but Paul? But it's nothing like the original. It's nothing like the original. <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to Jason and Jeff. I'm right. really happy I got to say hi, Paul. Hey, I'll be back next week, so I want to make sure if you're feeling okay, if you have time, let's grab lunch or something. We'll go to Dog and Shake or something. You know? that, would, that would be I'd love that. All right, my man. Hey, thank you so much for everything that you did for me early on and being kind and welcoming me to Wichita and, and making it fun. So thank you. See you, Paul. Thank you. Okay, buddy. You notice he couldn't even pull over to talk to you? He's out there driving. Hey, listen. I'm Jeff, lucky. I'm, why do you got to do this all, all the time? First of all, you know, I can't believe that you even had share the same DNA. <laughs> Let's go there, all right? And I'll ask you why we should probably have a talk with the mailman. <laughs> but no, I would never disparage your mom like that. I'm sorry. Um, that just went bad south real quick. It's no, okay. Um, no, um, Bob's a great, great person and was really good to me in a, a tough time for a young man. And he was always positive and, um, you know, he's a good dude. I mean, you know, he's your dad. You get it. So I mean, you just, uh, it's just nice for me to come back to this time and then have that flashback. And, you know, I'm having so many good memories and, and fun times and goofy conversations and stuff. And it's just... It's nice. It really is. It's nice to revisit that. He just mentioned, or you just mentioned to him, that he's someone who saw the quote-unquote talent, and obviously you have talent. I'm not putting it in quotes because you don't have talent. Uh, But you do have a lot of talent. Why were you so good? Why are you so good at professional wrestling? I have no idea. Honestly, (laughs) I think the difference is I I am good for the time at seven foot over 400 pounds. I I can say that unabashedly with total humility, I am probably one of the best giants to ever lace up a pair of wrestling boots. And I mean that humbly as far as things I could do in the ring, the things I did for other talent. It's not about just being big and being an attraction. It's about also making other talent. I have worked with so many people that I've helped them along their way in their careers. I was that mountain they had to conquer. I was that, that thing they had to overcome. And I'm proud of that fact. But as far as athletes go... There's so many tremendous athletes in pro wrestling. Like you have to have a good athletic background in some shape or form. Just the, and then you got to have the showmanship. I mean, I was always a show off and attention seeker. And when I was in, you know, my dad used to call it an I me complex. 
Like I wanted, I mean, I mean, I mean, everybody see me, see me, see me. It wasn't difficult. And my, <laughs> but my dad was just the opposite. My dad was this very quiet, calm guy that, you know, everybody thought was a federal agent or a cop because he never said anything. I'm like, no, he's a mechanic. He's, he's not a cop. I swear, guys, really, he's not a cop. You know, but, but don't bring up weed around him. No, I'm just kidding. Fair enough. <laughs> Paul, I, I'm curious on how did you go from, like, how did you get into wrestling? Did you have to go to a camp? Did someone just find oh, you? you know, I, I, I like, I'd like to know that story on how you got there. Dudes, it's, it's crazy because <laughs> I, it's such a series of events. It's almost like a timeline. Uh, Scott Thompson coming to Wichita State, just for the Wichita fans here. A um, lot happened. Lost my grandfather, lost my dad. Coach Cohen passed, uh, got fired. Um, didn't like the new coach. That happens in athletics sometimes. Great guy, just you just don't jive with no, him. No, I know? understand. So um, I tried to figure out what I was going to do in my life. I was selling cars at Rusty Act Ford. I was bouncing at the Cowboy, worked some at the uh, Chicago Cab Company a couple of times, <laughs> sold chemicals for state chemical manufacturing. I had a buddy of mine who was executive VP at Rent-A-Center, and Rent-A-Center had bought all this great karaoke equipment back in the day, like in, like, professional-grade speakers and stands and players and software, but nobody, people weren't renting it. Right. I mean, it was just too much for them to take in, you know, like the portable karaoke boombox everybody gets. Okay, plug, play, here we go. So they sold all that equipment to a guy in Chicago who was named Jim Strouser, who owned Jesco Karaoke in Chicago, was the nation's largest karaoke distributorship. So he came down to buy the equipment, pennies on the dollar. John knew that I needed a job to make money. So he says, hey, I can get you a job, 50 bucks a day loading equipment. I said, I'm in. I just pushed a little forklift, you know, load pallets. Right. No problem. Wrap stuff in plastic, load it on a semi, no problem. Thank you for the opportunity. I met this Jimmy guy who was a fast talker, self-made businessman. He was one of those guys that would literally talk himself into anything. You know, Chicago, <laughs> yeah. like... Like, Get Shorty from, I thought John Travolta from Get Shorty, I thought he had met Jimmy somewhere because they were the same guys. <laughs> like, they dressed the same. The only difference was instead of loafers like like uh, uh, Travolta had in Get Shorty, Jimmy had steel-toed covered cowboy boots. Nice. But same dress, sport coat, T-shirt, slacks, everything. The same dude. So uh, Jimmy had a morning drive radio station, a morning drive thing on Danny Bonaducci's show where people would come in and sing karaoke. And I met Danny Bonaducci, who uh, had a charity basketball game against Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Because back then, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't all these right. schools. There was, yeah. I bought Kurt Henning a few drinks at the, uh, um, Walter Payton's bar in Chicago to try to get a number to go to a training school. He says, I'm going to go to the bathroom. When I come back, I'll give you the number to Brad Riggins School. He left. Years later, when I made it in WCW, he goes, oh, I see you made it. <laughs> you know, one of those kind of things. Uh, there was a chance to go to Europe and wrestle for a guy named Otto Vance, who uh, liked big guys, and I would live in Europe and live in these little caravans and wrestle every night and train as I wrestled. And I was like, I, was, I didn't want to go to Europe. Like, I, like I was right. scared. I didn't know. Yeah, like, you don't know what, what you're getting into. Come yeah. home without a kidney or something? Like, <laughs> like, you know, you hear all the horror stories. Like, I have no money. I have nothing going on. So it was hard to, to get in because getting into wrestling back then, it was a very strict family, and uh, you had to know somebody to get in. And it was funny. Danny introduced me to Hogan. The first time I met Hogan, I did the worst thing possible, but it worked out for me. I impersonated him because wrestlers, <laughs> wrestlers that have character, everybody tries to impersonate them. Of course. After a while, it gets old. Right. You know what I mean? But. Here's me, 21 years old. Let me tell you something, brother. I've been to the top of the mountain, dude. And Hogan's, <laughs> Hogan's eyes got real big, and I'm thinking, oh, God, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Because, you know, I'm like, I just, I just cut my foot off. You right. Know? He loved it, thought it was great. And, um, you know, he introduced me to Eric Bischoff and, and Ric Flair. And then October, this was in, like, December 94, October 95, my first match was Hulk Hogan. I walked home with the world title. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. That. Yeah, it's really a crazy story when you think about it because I skipped so many things that so many other guys do, but and I didn't understand why at the time. But looking back now with almost 30 years of experience, I get it. Here's this seven-foot kid that's a tremendous athlete who can do moonsaults, who can do drop kicks, who has a crazy personality, who understands, who isn't ego-driven about wins that understands entertainment about who grew up as a fan like th that's a 
one in a million athlete to find it that wasn't, you know, dare I say this, that wasn't oddly looking, you know, that was built proportionally. So, yeah, anybody that knows anything about wrestling can see that, oh, there's an opportunity if the kid's half-assed, got a good head on his shoulder, then there's money to be made with him for the right. promotion and the other talent. So I didn't know that then. I just, I, I honestly didn't know how long I was going to have a job for it. I just thought it was great. You well, know? it's lasted a long time. I did. I, I last through attrition. I tell everybody now, every now and then I show up on TV and people are excited. I'm, I'm like Snake Plissken from Escape from New York. <laughs> they're, they're happy I'm still alive. <laughs> now you're starting to be like Bob talking about these old movies. Have we? Hey, man, you know. <laughs> Bob's got good movie taste, and he if you must. let me, get, if you spend a little time and looked at some of those old, older movies, you might learn something. Jeff won't <laughs> watch any older movies. I will if he tells me to. Oh, he, but he when I tell you, I mean, we're we're what three four years apart. But yeah. you won't. Uh, you'll listen about, to him, but not guess, me. You were first in line for the Barbie movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, there you got go. that right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I want to ask you a million questions, but go I ahead. know we, I know we can't. But well, what do we got? We got time. What do you got? Fire, fire away. Uh, you turned from bad guy to good guy so many times right. that I ha- I started feeling like the you had to know they were in on it. You were everybody <laughs> was in on it, and you got you guys in WWE. I'm talking about at the time. We're just pulling one over on the fans. Did no, there's a thing called being, um, and it's what gave me such a long career. Listen, I was never as good as an Undertaker. I was never as good as a Kane. I was never going to be a Rock or Stone Cold or a John Cena. Chris Jericho. I think you were at least as good as Kane. I completely disagree. I think <laughs> Kane is one of the greatest big men of all time. Not giant, big men. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a, there's a few collections of giants that I'm pulling from. That's why I can talk all that crap. <laughs> like, you know, Giant Silva, you know, Andre, of course, would yes. be number one. And then the other giants. Haystacks well, Calhoun or something well, like that. I don't know if Haystacks was a giant. I don't, don't think Haystacks was, was. I'm talking about the seven-foot range. Okay. Like, so. That's why it's a limited category that I can say I'm really good at, you know. <laughs> like, there's only three of us, and damn it, I'm in the top three. <laughs> but um, uh, the, the, the thing was for me is I could fill a role in the company. Because after a while, once you're established and once you, you've made your mark, then it's up to you to make the company draw money and make the other talent. You want to build talent around you and create compelling storylines. So for me, good guy to bad guy was just I could do that. The greatest, the easiest story for me to tell is to be a giant and work with a smaller talent. It's in our brains. It's in our DNA of, of overcoming famine, disease, wars. Everybody's had a bully that's been bigger than them, that's terrorized them. It's, not, you know, the sayings. It's not the size of the dog and the fight, but the size of the fight and the dog. It's easy to make that emotional connection for the audience. When you see this big monster beating up on a smaller guy, it makes sense. It's easier to tell that story. Then on the other hand, I got a goofy, fun personality. I'm a nice guy. I can wave to the fans. Uh, people know that I have a good heart. So then it's okay to like me. So that's why there were so many flip-flops because I had to fill multiple roles in the company depending on what talent I was working with and where we were going as a company. Um, you know, like I went to Vince one time about t-shirts. And I'm like, hey, you know, uh, he says, I don't pay you to sell t-shirts. I pay you to get other talent over. Okay, so I can't get in. Okay. <laughs> and he gave me one T-shirt idea, and I never asked him again. But unfortunately, it was my best-selling T-shirt. was the real big show with the arrow pointing down. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was Vince McMahon's idea. And I was like... I should have known. I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess I don't want to sell T-shirts. <laughs> That's a little. That's a little bit much for me, you know. I mean, I'm still from South Carolina. I mean, I'm a small-town kid, so that was a little, a little bit much for me, but... I'm happy about it. I mean, it kept me employed. It kept me, I got to work with some of the greatest talents business has ever seen. I'm not complaining at all. I call it being employable. You know, maybe I would be like the, uh, take a take a motto from the U.S. Marine Corps, uh, adapt and overcome. So I had to do a lot of adapting. I yeah. had to ask Vince one night, I said, am I smiling or frowning? <laughs> and he had to think of me, smiling. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Because when I come down the ramp, that was my demeanor. Like I, like we were working so much, and I was literally flip flopping so much. I didn't know if I was a good guy or a bad guy. <laughs> I feel like uh, you know I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there there came a point in your career where maybe the giant thing mattered less and the work mattered more because like you you could have a big man match with Mark Henry and it was good. You could have a medium sized man with with John Cena or even smaller Cody Rhodes or Rey Mysterio, and all these matches were good. 
Thank you. Um, when did that? Uh, when did you start to recognize that? Hey, I'm I'm not I, I'm not only an attraction here. I can actually kind of go. When I quit listening to what everybody else wanted me to be, that was the toughest part of my career trying to figure out in the beginning because the one phrase I heard from everybody would be a giant, be a giant. Okay, well, I looked that up in the dictionary, and there's no info on that. <laughs> because to be a giant wasn't employable enough because either I ate up an opponent or I didn't sell, I wasn't very exciting, or I was very, it was hard to be what everyone thought, and everybody had their own opinion on a giant. I was athletic. I could move. I was aggressive. Um, I had been in fights before, so I actually know how to throw a punch, and I know how to get irritated and beat somebody up. I know how to translate that energy. Well, if you're bouncing at the cowboy, yep. Well, <laughs> gotta be quick on your toes. Well, so could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. So, so the thing was, is um, I had to to take a page, and where it finally clicked with me was circa. Actually, where it really clicked for me was circa 2008, working with Stone Cold in Europe. Um, we were on a tour, and we wrestled every night for about 10 days straight. And, uh, and um, Vince wanted Steve to put me over in a non-televised match in London to create some hype because I was going to eventually start working with Brock. And uh, I remember Steve spitting in a cup and with his dip, and he goes, I don't know, Vince. These people paid a lot of money to see Stone Cold Steve Austin hit a few stunners and drink a few beers, <laughs> not do a job to the friggin' big show. And I'm, st- <laughs> I'm standing there. It's almost like he dismissed me like wow. I was a piece of trash. You know what I mean? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, dude, you know I can, like, grab you by the ankle and beat you into the side <laughs> of the building. Like, you know. And uh, what clicked for me in the match is, is because is, uh, he got under my skin and got me a little bit fired up, is I was early in my career always waiting for someone else to initiate what we were doing. I was waiting for them, and, you know, the business is what it is, but I was waiting for them to call something. But here's the thing that I learned. Most guys, regular-sized guys, no one's ever worked with someone my size, so they don't know. Right. So until I figured out, okay, I don't need anybody to call anything for me, and I pretty much can do what I want when I want at the speed I want because I'm in charge, period. <laughs> that Unless, would be my uh, thought if you and I were in the ring. <laughs> well, but you have to have the confidence and the understanding to take over. And it's not just taking over so you get all your stuff in. I mean, I've had matches with guys. I mean, I had to wrestle Sting one time, and, and it was supposed to be a 12-minute match. And he was coming back to WWE, and we were so excited because we had worked together in WCW, and we had a lot of stuff planned, and the time got cut. So I had to go out and literally give Sting a win in three minutes. Wow. And I did. And it was fine, and we rolled on, and it was because that was my job. It, that's the thing you have to learn is what's your asset to the company, what asset are you as a talent. And that's how you either make a, a good bit of money for a short amount of time because your ego gets in the way, or you make a good bit of money for a long time because you take your ego out of it and you, you work to your strengths of what you bring to the table. And I knew that me bringing the table was if I'm working a baby face, I'm aggressive, I stay on them. When it's time for them to fire up, I sell and I take their finish. Everybody gets paid, nobody gets hurt, and everybody's happy. Yeah, but that's got to be tough because you got to run into a lot of guys in, in that situation. That no. The ego's right there, or, no. or has it been pretty good they don't, throughout they don't, the years? They don't last in the professional format if they have that ego. And that's that's where I was going with that. No, they don't last. They might come in, and they might, you know, my favorite thing is is when young guys are coming in, they get, they're getting wins. They go, oh, I love the business. I love the business. I've loved it since I was a kid. I'm like, yeah, you love it now. Because you're getting W's. Give it a minute. Yeah. Give it a couple years and 250 days a year for about five years and the bumps and the bruises and, you know, you haven't gotten a victory in like two years. Then tell me how much you love the business. You still love it then? I'll listen to you. Right now, you're green behind the ears and you don't know what you're talking about. And what did Miz say when you told him that? Miz? No. <laughs> no, Miz is... That's funny. I hate Miz, the character. But Mike, I have absolutely respect for. Because yeah. Mike is a hardworking individual who caught a lot of grief in the beginning from the fans, even from from some talent in the locker room, gave Miz a hard time. He never complained. He worked his ass off every time, and he was up for anything that the company asked him. Yes. Whether he looked silly, whether he looked stupid, whether he looked good, whether he looked bad, it didn't matter because Miz got it upstairs. It's entertainment. When you walk through that curtain, then you're your character. 
once you walk back through that character, character the, the curtain, you're who you are as a person. Like when I go home, I am not this wrestling international superstar. I'm the guy that takes out the trash. You know, I'm the guy that sometimes misses the laundry basket and refuses to pick up that sock. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Aren't we all? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, if I leave it there, she'll get it later because she can't stand it. So it's too far a trip for me to bend over. <laughs> you know, and she'll call me out. Oh, too far to bend over, old man. I said, I didn't see it. Yeah. I, did, I didn't see it. That's my excuse for everything. I, I didn't see that. You know, but that's the thing that when you really will embrace and, and all your great talents that I think that I've known over the years that were incredible stars on television and worldwide stars also understood that it's not who they were. Their humility outside of the ring is what made Sting, icon, one of the most humble, incredible, hardworking individuals you ever met. Super humble, super chill, open to ideas, whatever you want to do. No ego whatsoever. But Sting also know who, knows who he is as a talent. And when he goes in the ring, he is Sting. And that's a hard line for some guys to get. And if they can't separate their friends at home, like I hated being a good guy and losing all the time. And when we were building bigger stars that were, were heels and we were building bad guys. Because they're like, oh, well, can't you just like, why, why are you losing? Because that's the job. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, my ego feels a lot better when I get that check every Friday. <laughs> I mean, you know, my ego quiets down real quick. No but, doubt. So it's not about ego. It's, it, and the thing is, if your ego comes into play too much, you have to have confidence, understand. But if your ego gets in the way, you're robbing the fans of a better performance. And you're also not helping your company or your brand. Because let's be honest, nobody really remembers. If you're lucky and you have a long enough career, people remember key things that they remember. Things that emotionally invested in, whether it was breaking the ring like we talked about or, or something emotionally, an angle or a promo. Like, but they don't remember wins and losses. Wins and losses to me don't matter. Uh, if you base your entire career on your wins and loss record, then odds are you probably weren't very good anyway. Because that's all you have. We're talking with uh, Paul White, and you're not just here uh, driving through Wichita. You are actually here to uh, talk about AEW. Yes. Uh, All Elite Wrestling coming. You might want to do my job, right, Jeff? Right. You might, you might. I don't know. See, Bob wouldn't let me get off track. You did. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you're, you're probably right about that. He's a consummate <laughs> professional. So AEW Collision coming here on uh, November 4th. Interest Bank Arena, that's next Saturday. Tell us about AEW and uh, your involvement there. AEW, well, it's our. we've been around a few years now. We're on TNT and TBS. Five, right, almost? Yeah, almost five years. Great program. Our, our owner and our boss is Tony Khan from the Khan family. They own the Jacksonville Jaguars, Fulham Soccer Club. Very successful. So as a talent, you feel comfortable because there is real money behind the promotion. Sure. Tony's a huge fan, uh, very in-depth fan, and we're given a true-to-the-core pro-wrestling fan-type product. There's, there's not as much pageantry and and bs so to speak and i mean that bs politely we're we're at the core of wrestling we're the, we you know we have a lot of stars from new japan pro wrestling that a lot of people in america don't get to see we have a great relationship with them we're bringing some of those guys over they're just fantastic styles to see fantastic talents we have a lot of young talent we have some faces that you've seen before but we have a lot of authentic talent and that's the best way i can describe it is authentic because these guys and gals that have promos, and that's them doing the promo. That's like years ago. No one told Ric Flair how to cut a promo. Right. No one's telling MJF how to cut a promo either. You know, it's authentic. There's not some writer that hands you a sheet of paper that is five foot eight and has <laughs> you know never been in a fight in his life, and he's telling you how to be a giant. You're like, okay, I'm seven foot tall. I'm five hundred pounds. Yeah, I know how big I am. Why am I telling it? Why does everybody in WWE say their names first <coughs> in their promos? Because it's there's a, there's a logic behind that too. When you're building a brand, it's just repeat the brand, repeat the brand, repeat the brand, and that's an intellectual property that WWE owns. So every time that you repeat that brand, um, you're reinstilling that in the fans' minds. Like you know, WWE has a thing against pronouns. No he or she. Right. It's all the character name because it's the character and the brand that they're billing. Just like if you're selling Pepsi Cola or Coca Cola, whatever you're or Diet Dr Pepper, you see, you don't say soda. This is a Diet Dr Pepper or cola. This is a you know whatever you're doing. So I understand that, um, but I think sometimes it becomes a little, uh, a little. Uh, uh, cookie cutter corporate because everybody stands here. Here's your ring entrance pose. Here's your ring entrance. 
here's your ring, here's your, your break before you get to the match or your pose, here's your outfit. It's not as authentic. Like, you know, some of the old times back in the day what made wrestling fun is you had two guys that came down there or two gals that came down there, the bell rang, and they went at it. And that's what you wanted to see. You didn't want to hear all the, the rigmarole backstage and all the fourth wall stuff. It was just the talent, their interview time, and then the matches in the ring. And I think that, it's, you know, it's done well. I mean, it's got an audience, that's for sure. I mean, we sold out 80,000 tickets in Wembley just on brand alone. So yes. it's working. It's just more of the hardcore roots of what professional wrestling is, which is telling the story in the ring, not telling all these stories outside of the ring and then giving you a little bit of match time and still not giving you a finish. Yeah. You know, in AEW, they do a really good job about giving you a finish. You know, there's going to be a win, there's going to be a loss, and if there's not a win or a loss, there's a reason as to why that makes sense. Not just they want to drag it out till next week. Before we, before you go, AEW, your world champion, you mentioned him, MJF. Right. Unbelievable. He's so, so good. Such a great talent. He's why a, is he, he that good? I asked you why, why you were so good. Why is he that good? He's that good because he gets it. I mean, he was a fan as a kid. He, was a, he has the talent and the chops from being a Broadway singing star. I don't know if you guys know this. MJF was a child star on Broadway. I saw the Rosie O'Donnell clip. Okay, I didn't know like, what the between in between was there. But here's the thing: he's a wrestling fan, and he loves the old school wrestling. When you see MJF, he's watching old school stuff. I mean, old school stuff from the '80s, the Attitude Era, and the '90s. The being the character, and MJF is a very intelligent. He's a great kid, hard worker, but he's also he's got a little cockiness to him. Why wouldn't he? At his well. age, so he translates that through. To me, in a way, kind of like, and there's only going to ever be one Ric Flair, let's be honest. In my mind, he's one of the greatest promo guys, legendary promos. But you could hate Ric Flair, but you still could enjoy his promos. Right. MJF, people love what he has to say. They might not agree with it. They might hate him. But he's entertaining as hell to watch his promos because they feel authentic. And I think that's one of the things that, because he gets it, it makes him unique and such a, such a blessing and an asset for AEW. Well, you've been hanging around with me for about an hour now. You probably yeah, I'm about ready to cut my wrist. I, you know. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't. <laughs> that was dark, but I like it. Uh, we appreciate it, Paul. As we mentioned, uh, AW Collision coming to Interest Bank Arena November 4th. You will be here. Yes. And uh, we can't wait. The crowd will see you. When you were at Subway this morning, how many people had said, hey, that's Paul White, or hey, that's the big show? You know, it's funny. Sometimes, you know, as I got my double turkey because I'm watching my calories, um, Sometimes people are afraid to say hi. Yeah. But you can feel them. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Staring and you know, or you know, surreptitiously, the phone will come out. And <laughs> then they'll forget they had the sound on. You'll hear the click of your phone. <laughs> you know, that's all good. I mean, you know, if you see me out, say hi. Uh, nine times out of ten, unless I'm, I'm hauling butt for a flight in the airport, uh, I'll be happy to talk to you and say hi. Well, man, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming by. And Thanks by for the being way, a good I sport. Only, I was only teasing your leg about my wrist. I'm very happy to spend the day with you. you know, <laughs> it's okay. It is dark humor, but, you know, I'm that, old, I love so. That's what we do on this show. I know. I just don't want anybody to th think that, you know, that, well, big show. No, Paul White, no. No, I'm, I'm Paul good. White I'm dead good. at 51 after spending an hour with Jeffrey Lutz. That's, yeah. that's not the headline we want. No, we don't want that headline. No, we don't. We don't. We want to... 
We want to say that Paul White had a lovely... You guys are both dying today, it sounds like. like, I'm I'm not sure where this interview went to. Well, we can say it's Halloween. We're having fun. There you go. Halloween morbidity. Anyway, uh, no, thank you. It's good seeing you again. And and obviously, thank you for letting your dad talk to me. And thank you guys for having me on the show. And I hope during this wacky interview, I hope we've piqued some interest in people who have a chance to come out and see AEW. Make a memory. That's the thing in today's world. What can you do where you can make a memory with your friends and family? And AEW is a memory you won't forget. That's beautiful. Thanks, man. AEW, as he said, coming November 4th, uh, live television taping of their show Collision, which airs on Saturdays on TNT. Paul White, thanks, man. Hey, thank you, Jeff. Thank you guys, man. Dudes, yeah. Thank you, baby. Good to meet you, man. Thank you. We'll take a break and come back and, you know, well, Big Show won't be here, so it won't be nearly as no, entertaining. No, he won't be here because I'm Paul White. <laughs> I don't own the intellectual property. B- Paul Thank White you, won't Jeff. be here. Gee, I wish you were professional yeah. like your dad. See, this is what happens after an hour with this guy. I got to do it two hours every day. I'm telling you right now, I get the feeling Jeff would mess up a one-car funeral. <laughs> we'll be back. Stay with us. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Welcome back. Bob and Jeff on KFH. This song is also called uh, Inside Out. The last one was, so is this one. Uh, that's by the Traveling Wilburys. Let's go to the IHOP hotline, which is Jason, brought to you by IHOP, where guests can enjoy chicken and waffles, golden brown Belgian waffle topped with four buttermilk crispy chicken strips and served with your choice of sauce. Amazing. Sauce. Uh, Sean Kraft is our guest, the head football coach at Marion High School. Sean, how are you doing? Good. How about yourself? We're doing well. We just talked to Paul White, a.k.a. the big show uh, of WWE fame. So you're going to need to bring it in this interview. Do you have a professional <laughs> wrestling persona that you'd like to break out right now? Uh, no, no, I don't. I've watched it in uh, 20 years. <laughs> Fair <laughs> 20 enough. Years. <laughs> uh, you got your team 7-1 and one going against Wabansi tonight at home. Uh, you started the season with, with those seven straight wins. So how are you feeling about the club going into uh, the postseason here? I think we're I think we're good. Uh, main thing is we're all as healthy as you can be can be this time of year. Um, that's kind of a big deal with a small squad, and you know just staying healthy and you know everybody's still working hard and you know still got our goals goals set high for the season. Well, you mentioned small squad. Why don't you tell us about some of the some of the guys on the team and and who's really stepped up for you this year? Uh, we had we've had good senior leadership this year. A good group of guys and been working with these guys since they were seventh graders pretty much and um you got jack lanning quarterback of course over 900 yards rushing and you got trevor shapers over a thousand yards rushing in the backfield with him you got senior lineman cole smith uh two-year starter there uh brayden blackman who stepped up big time this year for us at center his first year starting you got a uh, uh jackson batonte and Brian Wynn and Luke Watkins all up front, also blocking, getting those guys lanes to run. And, you know, it's just all those guys on offense, Kellen Wainer, Jonathan Freeze on offense, you know, find their roles, Jameson Looper, all those guys on offense um, have just done a great job of, you know, coming along this season and getting better and better as the years went on. Talking with Sean Kraft, the head uh, football coach at Marion High School. Marion in the uh, the 1A playoffs tonight against Wabansi. Do you, like I said, you started uh, with the seven wins. You ended with the loss to Sedgwick, uh, and that changed your draw a little bit because uh, now you might have to play Smith Center. Well, you will have to play Smith Center uh, if, if you win tonight in round two. Uh, is that something that, that concerns you at all? Just maybe you would have had a, a little bit easier path, maybe if you had finished that game against Sedgwick, or is that just behind you and, and now the schedule is what it is? Uh, of course, you, you'd like to win that game, to win that league championship outright and district championship and get get those uh, plaques. But, you know, kind of moving forward, every week you're going to face a good opponent at this time of year. So you have to go through them all eventually anyway to 
to get where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy, though. I mean, all these schools that drop down to 1A, I just it's hard to fathom. Medicine Lodge is a 1A <laughs> school. Conway Springs. Uh, you guys are in 1A. I mean, how did that how did that happen? I guess I don't. It just seemed like that happened all at once. Uh, I think a big part of that was when the reclassification started a few years ago, and because we were, you know, 3A for a long time, and then we were flirting with 2A. Then when Keisha reclassified everybody, made that 1A level man level. Yeah, it just dropped everybody down the classification at least, and. And smaller enrollments, of course, you know, class sizes now are, are in the 30s. And, you know, once in a while we'll get a 40, but we're down in the 30s for the most part. So just enrollment size and class sizes kind of led to that. So uh, how would you say 1A is? Is it pretty good then when it comes to uh, competition-wise and that sort of thing? Is it better, do you think, now that it's changed, or did you like it the way it was before? I think it's definitely good competition across the board. You know, every, every classification is going to have their top tier teams, and then of course the teams that struggle. But you know, there's a lot of good 1A teams now, like you said, with Conway in there and uh, Smith Center and Pittsburgh Colgan and us and you know Sterling. A lot of teams in our league are 1A, so every week we're, we're facing good competition. Yeah, absolutely. Sean Kraft, our guest, he's the co- football coach at Marion. So, Wabansi tonight, they're a team that, that has had a lot of uh, close games, especially the games that they've lost. They hung with Smith Center. Uh, obviously, you get to this point with teams that have, you know, either won their district or finished high in their district and uh, come out of, uh, you know, those things playing pretty well. So, what do you see in Wabansi, and how did you kind of prepare for them this week? Uh, they're definitely good. Good squad. Uh, we lost him in the second round last year. We had to go up there and face them. Lost by a touchdown to them just last year. So we're kind of familiar with some of their players, and we definitely know their quarterback can run the ball and scramble around, make plays happen, and keep plays alive. Uh, defensive line, offensive line are physical, come off the ball great. And we've just tried to match that all week in practice and try to drill that over and over that we got to match their physicality and take it up another notch this year. Coach, with with your own squad, you know, we talked about some players, but do you hang your hat a little bit more on offense or defense? And, uh, uh, you know, obviously you want to be well-rounded, but a lot of times with the team, you know, you're, you kind of got to hold one one side of the ball you're a little stronger on. Uh, it was the same guys that played both sides of the ball. <laughs> well, so yeah. <laughs> are they better offensively or defensively? <laughs> so, we, just, we just flip over. So, you know, if we try to keep the defense off the field, we're really not doing that either way. So, uh, so but how is that uh, for the kids? Like, I can't imagine yeah. having to play both ways that much for the whole game. Your kids got to be in phenomenal shape. Yeah, they, you know, we had great attendance all summer long and, just, you know, preach to them that, hey, you guys are not coming off the field this year. You guys are going to be playing the whole 48 minutes. And uh, we got to be ready to go. So they knew that coming in, and we worked all summer. And, you know, as the seasons went along, we got in better and better game shape and had that be less effect, affected towards us, you know, having to play both ways all all the time. Uh, Sean Kraft, our guest from Marion High School. So this is your sixth year at Marion, uh, your best year by far. Well, not by far. You won six games last year. Um, why is this the best team? What, is, what does this team have that uh, maybe the other ones uh, fell short a little bit? I think it's just going back to the, the seniors we have this year and the leadership and you know, holding the other players accountable and taking that off the coaches. You know, Whenever you got players that are – Taking that role in leadership, you're you're gonna have a pretty good team, and you know that just carries over to the field, I believe. How bad do you want to see Sedgwick again? I'm I'm looking at the bracket. I don't know exactly. Like I guess that could be in a couple games, but that's a team you lost to close last year. You lost to them really close this year. Uh, is that a game that you you want to get to again, or does it even matter at this point? Uh, of course, you always like a rematch, but you know this time of year is just one game at a time, uh, win this week so we can keep playing next week. You know, don't don't let this be your final final practice or final 
week of practice or final game, you know, keep it going. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate your time, Coach. Good luck tonight. Thanks for uh, making time for us on a, on a game night. We appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Then we got a little Marion football talk in. Happy days. It goes Paul White and then Marion football. Probably the they're uh, all about they're both the two same. big attractions. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the same people that are going to go see Paul White in in AEW next Saturday, they're going to be at the Marion Wabansi game tonight. Yeah, there'll be twenty thousand there, and then twenty thousand next Saturday. <laughs> I Let's mean, hope. it just is, is. I hope they got enough hot dogs ready in Wabansi. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. Well, it'll be in Marion, but it's cool. Or Merriam. All right, we got uh, hour number two coming up. What do we do? I would probably just run, run that interview should we back just again. That? We should probably just do that. Yes, and it's I'll not going to get any better. And I'll go get another coffee and just enjoy listening. That works for me. Uh, I guess we'll, if not that, we'll figure something out. Stay with us. Hour number two, the final hour of the week of Bob and Jeff. Stay with us. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.